Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's a terrible call. That is a terrible call. Welcome back to a Celtics Blog Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Taylor, joined by my co-host and good friend, Tim Shields. What's up, Tim? Nothing much, man. How's it holding up? I'm good, man. So over here on these shores, on the other side of the pond, a few days ago, they closed down pubs, restaurants, clubs, cinemas, schools, high schools, colleges, everything. Um, restaurants can stay open if they take out, but they can't allow people in. I've been working from home now for about six days. As a guy that grew up like a ball, bas- playing basketball, going to martial arts, and then staying at home playing computer games, I feel like I've been training for this moment all all my life. <laughs> um, I'm pretty chill, dude. Uh, been playing some 2K, been playing some God of War, watching some movies I wanted to catch up on. I'm a big fan of the Marvel TV shows and the DC shows like Arrow, Flash, um, runaways how whatever you like whatever of those tv shows you watch i'm probably catching up with them at the moment too i'm doing well i'm doing well the only thing that's killing me is no sport so i'm kind of scratching my head about what to watch sometimes where usually i'd fill it with basketball kind of going back on a few of the reruns and look at some highlight reels from yesteryear how are you yeah i i think that's going to be what it's going to be a lot about is just looking up through highlights i'm almost tempted to make a list of just random players that I want to try and get to know a little bit more and look through old footage. I mean, as of right now, I'm in the same boat where I'm working from home. I've been doing so since Monday. We got the order to work from home. So that's kind of been the way it's been since then. Um, It's difficult for me because I got set into this routine and, you know, go to the gym before work, you know, go ahead and go to work, come home, watch basketball, record a pod, maybe write, read a little bit watch a game or two, that kind of thing. And now it's just kind of been turned on its head. So it's a matter of trying to figure out returning a little bit of normalcy in my life. I've definitely been logging a ton of hours on NBA 2K. I just picked it up. Uh, I don't think the sale's going on anymore, but about mm, a week ago, because that was around the time that I bought it, they had the Legends pack on sale for like 32 bucks. So that was pretty dope. I got a bunch of packs in that. So we can get into that too, because I know you're dying to talk about some 2K as well. But um, outside of that, you know, I think the big thing is just finding things to fill the time. And I think sports, as you know, we've both come to realize, are such a massive cog socially for people. Oftentimes, even with you know the NBA on pause, there's still stuff going on with the NFL. So my dad and I will talk about that too. And I think it's a very good thing to be able to lean on that kind of talk. And that's why I think. Clinging to video games, especially, you know, I'm also a gamer and I think having those things to try and distract you from everything going around is definitely, definitely helpful. And I think it's healthy to have those kind of distractions, especially in this trying time. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of, I'm quite, I'm not old, but I'm older now. So a lot of my social interaction happens at work or at the gym. The majority of weekends I'm spending with the family. Uh, I'm a student and a night course, so I do that. So in terms of not being able to go out, that hasn't actually really affected me too much. I'm kind of just living the same life I was before everywhere got closed. The only thing that's really affecting me is 
I used to wake up early, like 5 a.m. to watch a game before work. And then I'd write my notes down. So when I come home, I could write about it or we could talk about it. That's not happening. And I'm kind of like, well, what do I do? I don't want to stay in bed all this time. <laughs> um, other than that, dude, I'm chilling. I mean, you got 2K. What are you running? Are you running my team? You're running... Are you running my player? How, what are you, how no, are you it's, operating? It's been, it's been exclusively uh, my team so far. I haven't touched anything else. So, like, the, the bundle that I got came with a bunch of packs. It came with uh, 100,000 VC, and it came with a Dwayne Wade card and an Anthony Davis card. Um, so those are all bundled into it. So it was, like, super good deal. And since then, I've just been running my team. I started doing triple threat recently to try and build up some stuff. Um, but I've also been doing domination. And I'm going to also, even up, whether it be on the pod or after, I'm definitely going to have to ask you about a couple things because I have a Thon Maker card and it is so good. And I had to figure out like what to pair with it just because he's, he's so damn ridiculous on the pick and roll. It's just absurd. So what's your starting five at the moment for your uh, my team? Uh, point guard, I've got Nate color Robinson. Of cards, color of cards matter immensely. Um, I think the Nate Robinson's a ruby, and it's it's an evolution card, so it's, it can be an evolution up to four stars. So that one I've got to really work on. If you go uh, onto that card and then use your right trigger and just right trigger all the way through, the background will change to its top evolution color. Yeah, the, the, the Nate Robinson card I definitely want to work on a lot because that... I have a few evolution cards, and I think the most outside of that Nate Robinson, I think one of them might have two stars, and everything else is just one star. So the Doug Christie one, I need to get two more steals. Um, so my starting five is Nate Robinson, Doug Christie, Paul Pierce. It's a 92 Paul Pierce. It was part of the uh, buzzer beater pack. Then I just bought uh, Pascal, not Siakam, uh, Pascal from the Warriors. He's a 92. That's an Amethyst. And then I think the, I think the Thon Maker is like an 89, and I think it's I got it in the Prime Pack, so I think it's a Ruby card. But that one's ridiculous, just because he's so big and he gets to the rim so fast, and it's part of the reason why like I think Thon Maker when he came into the league was like really hyped up is because he's so big and he handles like a guard, so he's stupid good in 2K. Like his ability to get to the rim, we're like, oh no, I really need a bucket right now. It's like, okay, just give it to Thon and get out of the way. <laughs> so the one thing I will give you a heads up about, considering I played quite a large amount of 2K, or I played quite a large amount of 2K a few months back, was your Evo cards. Don't look at how many stars they can Evo to. Look at what their final evolution will be. So you could have a guy that Evos four times, but only ends up as a ruby mm-hmm. uh, or a diamond. And it's like, is it really worth doing that much work for a diamond? Unless you're trying to get the achievement for Evoing up every Evo card. Oh, I didn't know that was an achievement. Yeah, you get like some some stacked card for doing it as well, or you get some tokens or something. Uh, but it's like my Marcus Gasol, you know when you played me online and I had that mm-hmm. Marcus Gasol card? Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a diamond um, with one star Evo. When he Evos, he's a pink diamond and he's one of the best cards um, as a big. Yeah, I mean, all the cards I have are like an 88 or higher in my starting five. And my bench is pretty good too. I'm going to have to, I'm absolutely going to have to send you a screenshot of my roster or something. I've been playing a bunch of 2K today, so I'm trying to figure out, I might honestly look online to see like what cards are the best to pair with the Thon card, just because he's either going to start at power forward or center, just because he just creates a matchup problem. He's just perfect in this game. But 
Uh, the Nate Robinson card, I think, is like an 88. And I got that. I ended up using the VC to buy like one of those massive bundle packs that came with like 10 different card packs. So that's pretty good. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out where I'm going from here in terms of how to build. So any pointers you have are going to be like so appreciated. So my lineup at the moment, and I'm currently four games away from completing the Kareem spotlight to get the pink diamond Giannis. Uh, because I stopped I know playing that. I know you've been grinding on that. Yeah, I stopped playing it for like probably three months. Otherwise, I'll probably already be done with it. But I had a bit of a break. Uh, so my starting five is Pink Diamond Gary Payton, Pink Diamond Avery Bradley, Pink Diamond James Worthy, then Pink no, then Diamond Lamar Odom and Diamond Marcus Sol. But then I've got Pink Diamonds coming off the bench as well. But I just like the oh, and I've got Pink Diamond um, Kawhi coming off the bench as my sixth man. And then I've got like Pink Diamond Steph, Pink Diamond. I've got pretty much my entire lineup is no less than a ninety-five. Um, if you're looking to build, it depends what you want to do, right? Like the, the way I did it was I started sniping quite a lot. So I'd play like, um, I'd play a ton of domination and then I'd play some um, triple threat, save up all the, the my team coins for a while, get so, um, and then literally just sit on those filters on the auction house and just try and snipe good cards or get a card for, and then you could snipe it for cheap and then you resell it for a bigger amount and you kind of, treat it like the stock market until you've got enough to buy the player that you want. So okay. do you know, do you, that's probably the best way that, I mean, I did that. I was super lucky. I used a pack when Chris Bosch first came out, the pink diamond Chris Bosch. Mm-hmm. And I pulled him like the first day he dropped and sold him for like 180 K my team coins, which really helped me just change my team's dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, but just play, dude, just grind your fight and then just snipe, snipe as many guys as you can. Um, I'm used to doing that through FIFA too, because I the reason why I like gravitated towards my team is that was like the one mode I used to play with FIFA all the time, is I would do that and and I I've always played 2K and stuff like that, uh, but I really got into FIFA and because of that was the my team stuff, and as soon as NBA made that more prominent and I started getting into that, that definitely has kind of skyrocketed my interest. And to be honest, I hadn't played, I got, the last 2K I got was, was Kyrie on the 2K18 cover? Is this the last one with Kyrie on it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I hadn't bought a 2K since then, just because I wasn't huge on that one. Personally, in my opinion, I wasn't like blown away by it. Because of that, I ended up kind of holding out on 2K for until like now, when we literally have like no other sports, no other basketball. And a load of free time is essentially so, why I did it. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. Usually I play my player, but Brendan was playing my team and we kind of wanted to see which one of us could get the better team. It didn't dawn on me. Of course. <laughs> it didn't dawn on me until like a month in that Brendan has a lot more free time than me. Um, so by the time I'd finished the first set of domination, Brendan was almost like, almost finished with the third set of domination. Uh, which is ahead of a lot of games. You're talking like, what, 20, 30 games? And he was like 50 games ahead of me. Uh, that was when I realized there's no point trying to keep up with a guy that's just got enough time to do. Because I come, Brendan comes home from whatever he's done for the day and he's done. I come home and then it's daddy mode, then it's student mode, then it's I want to, I need what I want to write about basketball, then I want to podcast about basketball. Oh, look, I can fit one game of 2K. 
but I was too far down the my team rabbit hole to try and build a decent my player. So I was like, I'm just going to follow it through. I get that too. I probably will gravitate over to my team at some point or from my team to my player. I did my player a lot before. Uh, I had the first 2K that I ever bought was 2K, I think it was 13. And I bought it on the Xbox 360. And that was the very first 2K game that I personally bought. I played like a couple before that, but I remember the soundtrack. That was the that was the first game they brought Jay-Z in and he did the soundtrack and everything. He helped curate it, or I guess, or whatever. And that was that's one of my favorites. I still have that downloaded on my Xbox One if I ever want to play it. So moving away from 2K, because I could sit here and talk about 2K oh, all yeah. day. Guys, if any of you are 2K players and you want to play against me or Tim or you want to play against me and Tim or whatever, then hit us up on Twitter and we'll give you our gamer tags and we can see how good you are. Be nice to Tim. He's still... <laughs> I'm so green. He played me the other day. Um, it was it went, ugly. It was well, so ugly. Yeah, it <laughs> went well for me. It makes me feel better to know that your your entire roster is Pink Diamonds. <laughs> not all of them, but the majority. And that's, I mean... It's not like I took it easy on you either. I was really... Oh, absolutely. That's the way I prefer it, though. Yeah, I find That's it more respectful if you, if you don't take your foot off the gas. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Outside of that, what else have you been doing? You watched any movies? What you have been doing? Uh, I've been catching up on BoJack Horseman. That was like a big show that I was watching for a while, and I got my girlfriend into it, so we've been watching that. We're on the final season of that. I was never a fan. It's super depressing. <laughs> it's like really good, but it's super depressing. Uh, it's one of those shows that you just have to have an acquired taste for. Outside of that, uh, I, I really have just been playing a lot of video games. Uh, I actually managed to do uh, like a FaceTime audio call or something like that or a Google Hangout with a couple friends. Uh, we did a – one of my friends used to run a trivia for like – do you know Stump Trivia? Have you heard of Stump Trivia? I have not. So it's like they will have – this person who goes into a bar or a tavern or something like that or a restaurant and they'll go ahead and they'll do trivia, right? And they'll sit up and they'll have a microphone and everyone will get little scorecards and you get teams uh, with a max of six people and you go through and it's like just a general trivia. And we used to do that every Wednesday, pretty much every week, unless there was some kind of holiday or, you know, if there was some snowstorm or something like that, it was something that my friend, uh, Mary Margaret was doing for a while. And what ended up happening was, is because of everything with the coronavirus, uh, it basically got shut down. But what she started doing, and she she did it for the first time this past Friday, is she started, you know, I mean, she uses Zoom meetings. So the same thing that we're recording this podcast on, she used Zoom meetings to do trivia. So she had like 50 some odd people in on this one Zoom call and we did trivia over the computer. And so I had my friends on somebody's like on my girlfriend's phone doing like a FaceTime in and we were all like coordinating our answers. And then on my laptop, we were joining this big party of 50 people to do trivia. So we've got another one of those coming up on Wednesday, which is cool. So another thing to eat sometime. Yeah, it's super fun. I'm like a big trivia geek. I just got like a head full of useless information. (laughs) So it's, it's going to be something good to do. Outside of that, uh, I have this poster on the wall that I'm trying to chop through. It's a bunch of movies uh, that I bought for my girlfriend a few years back. And so we're going through and just trying to take out like all these classic movies. I mean, it's got everything on there. It's got Shawshank Redemption. It's got Pulp Fiction, Jurassic Park, uh, 
Goodfellas, The Godfather. I watched Goodfellas these, recently. It's a very good movie. I one of the one one of the uh, I think in my opinion, um, one of the better gangster movies out there. That might be my favorite gangster movie. Have you ever seen a good gangster movie? You might not have made it over to your shores. Was um, I think it was called Legend, and it was Tom Hardy. Is that the one where it's like him? He plays his he, the, the brothers. Yeah, have you seen that? I haven't, but it's been on the shortlist just because I really like Tom Hardy. Yeah, so those two brothers that he plays are like notorious gangsters from England. From like probably like if you were a bit older, so if I was like thirty eight, they would have been from my dad's era, and uh, they were ruthless. They were from London, but like they spread out and they were trying to take over the country. And he plays both brothers, and he does so good. Like um, there's been multiple movies about those two brothers. They're called the Crays, um, K R A Y S, and there's been multiple movies about them. And I've never liked any of them, but he portrayed them so well that it's definitely one of the better gangster movies that isn't based around mafia. Yeah, and that that's the, also the other aspect of it. It's another reason why I want to try and get into that show, Peaky Blinders. <laughs> that's I don't know what it is, bro. I know we've we've talked about it before, and like you know we've referenced the name before, Peaky Blinders. But my, so it, it's kind of funny. Ever since I I moved out of my house of, uh, about a few years ago, since post college and everything, my mom got really into the BBC. So she was really into like British programming and stuff like that. So she watches a lot of those famous ones, you know, like Masterpiece Theater, uh, Father John, Call the Midwife. All those famous British shows. Any of them. Oh, they're like, they're all, I don't know how big they are, but they have like the Brit flicks or something like that, which is like all these British television shows, like all these British dramas. Uh, I have no idea. One of the worst things ever made by humankind. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'll have to see if my parents watch it. But point being is they watch all these shows. And so they started getting into Peaky Blinders. So they've been watching that one. And I really like, I want to get into that one, especially because uh, Killian Murphy's in it, and he's one of my. So is Tom Hardy. Is he in it? Really? Yeah, from like the third season or second season, but yeah, Tom Hardy's in that. Okay, it's another reason to watch. I really, Dude, I used I'm to a work, fan of that guy too. We call it the city center, but it's what you guys would know as downtown, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I used, I worked downtown for years um, during the beginning of Peaky Blinders, like season one through three, and there were so many times that I'd be going to get some food after work or going to get some beers with my co-workers and like a whole section of downtown would just be closed off for filming of Peaky Blinders and it used to really annoy me because I was like well I can't get to the bar I want to get to because you guys are filming and I don't watch your show so you need to pack up and let me through <laughs> uh, obviously I weren't important enough for that to happen yeah I was gonna say that how did that go <laughs> <laughs> not very well but it used and uh, I used to hate them for it to the point where I refused to watch it. And then since I haven't been working downtown and I work more in like on the outskirts of the city now, I gave it a shot and it's had a good, it's had a good, I, I kind of feel bad for being so, um, you ruined my, you ruined my night. So I'm not going to watch this show. <laughs> but, uh, it's well, quite good, man. It's they got had, the last laugh, man. <laughs> yeah. They had, I mean, yeah, I've ended up, uh, one of the crowd now, huh? Uh, definitely makes a good gangster think- show. Oh, yeah. And before I moved to Lowell, too, they had filmed The Fighter here uh, just because that was based about Mickey Ward. Have you ever heard of that movie before? Yeah, I've seen that movie. I've seen that movie. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's it's all filmed in Lowell. So like part of the locale that they filmed in, I've definitely like passed through and stuff. Uh, I think one of the restaurant scenes I think was filmed at Olympos, uh, which is one of the restaurants in the area. So it's that's kind of cool. Um, there's been a couple other movies that have been filmed around the area as well, but it's definitely cool being able to say, oh yeah, like this was filmed in this area or this was filmed in that area. There's been so much filming around, especially in the Boston area. Since Talking then, of but. that, Spencer Confidential's a new show, a new movie on Netflix that was filmed all around Boston. Have you seen that? I haven't, but it's kind of on my shortlist because I like both the actors that are in it. Mark Wahlberg. Well, Mark Wahlberg's in it. Um, Post Malone's in it. And I can't remember the actor's name, but uh, he was in, I have to pull it up now because it's going to bother me. He was in, he was in Black Panther. He was also in Us. He's been in a couple other movies. Yeah, I know you mean. He played Mbaku. It's good, though. It's a good movie. I remember watching it and just being like, these houses are so nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Winston Duke. Winston Duke is in the TV show. Like, I've seen a bunch of ads for it. in my life, man. That, like, <laughs> to the point where I'd, I was watching it, and like, as the action ended, and I was looking at like the area where it was filmed, you know, kind of like once the action scene's done and you've got that minute where they're just breathing heavily. Oh, that was a, oh, he beat me up or I beat him up. And you've got like that 10 seconds of like pointless narrative. Like that's a, that's a nice house in the background. Yeah. I'm like, that house looks legit. I want that house. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And then like I go out, I go on to like Zoopla or something later to try and find a house similar. And I'm like, that's like two and a half million dollars. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm never getting that house. It's never going to happen. Who knows? Maybe it'll change in the next couple of years. But uh, <laughs> I'll build one. But uh, looping back around to uh, just getting back to NBA stuff while we're uh, talking if about we're what's going on. Back around. I feel like we should take a break first. <laughs> well, let's take a break, shall we? Let's take a break. Let's give these guys powder. time to rewind through this and write down some of these movies if they haven't heard of them or seen them, and then we'll come and talk some basketball. I feel like it's time. So basketball, I like basketball. Basketball is good. It's a uh, good sport. It's, a, it's the best sport. It's the only sport sport worth watching. A lot wow. of Americans are going to disagree with me there. It's a bold statement, but you know, considering Tom Brady just left the Patriots, I might have to agree. I saw that. Right? Is like that's like worst case. I mean, he's aging now. Like yeah, he'll be forty three during training camp, so it stinks. But it's also on the bright side. We don't have to deal with this. Oh, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Kind of thing. And But does that leave the Patriots like really, really struggling now? Not not necessarily. I know from what I've seen for projections for next year, and keep in mind the salary cap versus from the NBA to the NFL is a completely different animal. Uh, the NBA is actually far more creative with the salary cap, but I digress. The Patriots, I think, are going to have somewhere near like 115 million available in cap space next season. So I don't know what that means in terms of who they could potentially add, who's going to be free agents. I haven't looked that far ahead uh, just because there's still a lot of stuff that could happen in terms of restructuring you, people. But how'd you feel about the Jimmy G trade now? They got one more Super Bowl out of it. So I really can't be mad. And looking back at it all, too, it's, it's a 20 year run, man. They've been. They've had Tom Brady for 20 years, and they won six championships in that time, and they went to eight Super Bowls. So I really can't be mad about it. And I think part of it, too, is 
based on everything else that's been happening in the world, I just haven't been able to process it like completely. <laughs> it's just, it's, I'm just kind of like, oh, like, yeah, coronavirus. Yeah, I have to work remotely now. And then, uh, okay, NBA's canceled. Every other sport's canceled. Oh, and Tom Brady's leaving the Patriots. And it's like, uh, I mean, it's not the worst thing going on. It stinks. Yeah, it's not great, but it just is what it is. I mean, <laughs> he left the Patriots on St. Patrick's Day when all the bars are closed. It's just, it's a slap on the face, sure, but it's not, I don't know. My world is not completely just destroyed, but, you know, we've had 20 great years. And in comparison, let's say, you know, we had Jason Tatum. Imagine we have Jason Tatum for 15, 20-year run. I'm not imagining that's going to happen. Well, I don't think I'm any... Speak, I'm speaking it into existence right now. Yeah, but exactly, though. But, you know, football's a completely different sport in that regard. To have that kind of run, though, with any kind of player is just a blessing. So, so what yeah, makes you appreciate guys? Yeah. And yeah. We're, on, we're on the topic of one of the greatest of all times. You wanted to do something a little bit fun and look at the top five point guards in the league, right? Mm-hmm. So who are your top five point guards? So this is, this is, keep in mind, this is in no particular order. And there are things that Adam is going to say in terms of his choices that we will talk about. Uh, but in no particular order, and this is just for this season, what we've seen so far, these are my top five point guards in no particular order. Uh, I have Chris Paul. I have Kemba Walker. I have Trey Young. I've got Damian Lillard in my sleeper pick. This was a hard choice. But I think this player really gets no mainstream love, and he's on one of the best teams in the league. He's being incredibly efficient. Eric Bledsoe. I'm never looking at Eric Bledsoe in the top five of anything. I think in terms of play this year, he's just been so good. And I think he's been extremely underappreciated. And especially looking at the backlash from guys like Giannis talking about it. And granted, he's his own teammate, but saying it's unbelievable that he didn't make the All-Star game. So we've got, we've got three the same. So we've both got Dame Lillard, we've both got Chris Paul, and we've both got Trey Young. I went Kyle Lowry because I feel like he's been crazy influential for what the Raptors done this year. And then I went Ben Simmons just because he's a force of nature once he gets out in the open court. And then my sleeper pick, seems we're only looking at this year, is Ja Morant. I, I would include Ja, ja Morant as a sleeper pick as well. Uh, I only consider... Eric Bledsoe is a sleeper pick for the top five just because I don't think a lot of people would have him in that top five for performance. I just think in terms of efficiency and how he's played, given the role and the expectations, he's just exceeded them. John Moran, of course, is also a very easy pick to put in the top five. Now, the reason I left a guy like Ben Simmons out of the fold is I think the way that we look at the point guard position in the NBA has just changed drastically. You know, because Ben Simmons is really a point forward. You know, I think... Yeah, I, can, I can get with that. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with versatility. Like, for example, when I pulled up the statistics looking at, just to try and see, you know, look at net rating, look at offensive rating, looking at, true, you know, shooting percentage, just pulling up a general advanced stat sheet on NBA.com, just looking at general stats, and you go ahead and you pull up guards. You have guys who are, when you think of this player, you would not think this. Like Luka Doncic, they have Luka Doncic listed as a point guard. Luka Doncic is six foot seven. Ben Simmons is what six foot eight, six foot nine, at least, maybe six foot ten. 
So those guys, I, I almost feel like they kind of have to build in a different categorization because of guys like Magic Johnson, guys like LeBron James. They have to start almost considering a point forward as, a, as just a forward. Because as much as we want to say, oh, yeah, that guy's a primary ball handler, just because the guy's a primary ball handler on our team does not mean that he is a guard. Like Ben Simmons is not a point guard. And the reason I look at it that way is because you could go ahead and you could, for some reason, decide, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and slide Kemba Walker over to the four spot. That doesn't make Kemba Walker a power forward, right? So why in turn would sliding Ben Simmons over to the one spot make him a point guard? No, it makes him a point forward. Because he spends most of his time at the one? Because Because he has to though, right? Because Ben Simmons is a guy who needs to have the ball in his hands in order to be offensively efficient. He has to be the one dishing the ball to people. He needs to be the one moving that ball around in order to be efficient. That's more of a comment on Ben Simmons than it is on the position of point. It, I just think like certain guys are limited due to their height. And because they are limited due to their height, they're only going to play one or two. They're not going to play the three or the four. Just because a guy is so six for his foot career, nine. for Ben Simmons' yeah. career, he spent eighty-one percent at the point and nineteen percent at the two guard. He's never played any further than that, which is weird when you think about it. Yeah, it is. And the, I mean, you've got to ask yourself if he could shoot thirty-seven percent from deep, would he be playing the three? I think he'd still be playing. Yeah, I think he'd be playing the three. I think if I'm See, being I don't. I think myself. I think he'd still be playing the one. Because he's so good at orchestrating the offense and he's so ridiculously tough to stop on the break. And then maybe then maybe we have to look at it differently. In terms of like the one through five, just because someone plays a one, they're not a point guard. Like maybe it should just be listed as a forward. I think the issue that that creates though is because when people look at it, you know, you've got two guards and three forwards. But like when I think of Ben Simmons, I don't think of a point guard. You know, it's the same thing with James Harden. Like, I don't think James Harden is a point guard. I think James, James Harden, Harden is a shooting guard. He's a shooting guard. He actually is a really terrible turnover to assist ratio. His, his assist to turnover ratio is, like, horrid. So I'm pulling up Harden's percentages at each position now, just like I did with Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've always seen Harden as a two guard. And again, yeah, Harden spent 66% of his career playing the two guard. Only 18% at the 1, 15% at the 3, and 1% at the 4. And the majority of that has come this year since the Rockets went small. Well, the Rockets also had to go small because they picked up Russell Westbrook. So he's before it was like they started to make James Harden a point guard, and then they went and got Chris Paul, and that kind of changed everything because the two couldn't co- coexist at all. And then they went and got Russell Westbrook because that was the only way they were going to get rid of Chris Paul's contract. Well, they only ever had one season with him at point guard. When you look at the, the amount of time he played the point, and the only season he really had a point guard season in his entire... Oh, two, to be fair. And so he had one where he was exclusively at the point, which was 16-17. Mm-hmm. And then he had another where he was pretty much splitting it. He was 58% at the point, 42% at the two. And that was the 18-19 season. But overall, I feel like you, you judge... Harden's a two-guard. He spent two-thirds of his career playing the two-guard. I've, I've never seen him as a point-guard. He doesn't distribute the ball enough, in my opinion, to be classed as a point-guard. I think this also leads into the credence of Brad Stevens' mentality when it comes to team building. You know, you don't have point-guards. You don't have guards. You don't have 
small forwards. You, you don't have any of those traditional positions. And maybe this is something that's going to be adopted by the league overall, just because you have guys like Luka Doncic, you have guys like James Harden, you, you have guys like Ben Simmons who become primary ball handlers, even if it is just for a percentage of time, but they become primary ball handlers and they don't fall in that category of point guard. They don't. What it, what it becomes is you've got bigs and you've got ball handlers and that's it. And I, I don't think that, I don't think that like the league itself is going to change the label of point guard, guard, small forward, power forward, all the traditional spots. Those aren't going to change. But I think in, in the terms of way teams build and the way that teams talk about their roster and how they piece parts together, I think it's going to become more of that forward thinking of, well, maybe you can have, you know, you know, a small ball lineup where you've got a power forward running at the one or the two spot and he's your primary ball handler. Yeah, but when you're looking at it like that, okay, so let's look at Gordon Hayward when he was in Utah and he was the primary ball handler. He was the point forward there, right? So throughout his time there, he only spent 7% of the time classed as anything other than a forward. So even though he was the primary ball handler, statistically, like from stat tracking websites, and this is from Basketball Reference, they weren't classifying him as a point forward. I mean, as a point guard, they were classifying him as a forward. I, I think it's where they track a player based on where the player is, like where the team says, what position the team says he's playing. So if the team puts out its five and then they're saying Ben Simmons is our point guard, then the stat tracking sites will track him as a point guard because that's where the team have put him in that position. You understand what I'm saying? No, I absolutely get that. I just don't understand why teams do that if it's... Uh, I, I mean, because like, it's a mismatch. That's why they yeah. do You well, yeah. put Ben Simmons at point guard. What other guard's big enough to, to contain him? You have to slide a three or a four, and then there's a mismatch at the three or the four because you've got to put your point guard somewhere. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing. It's just, You're going with the big lineup. It, and that also leads further credence to the fact that the league overall is changing in terms of how teams are constructed. You have more point forwards. You have more wings. You have guys that can handle the ball. I honestly feel like that kind of, I don't want to, you know, take a guy out like, like I mentioned before, Magic Johnson. Like, I don't want to think that this is solely on a guy like LeBron, but I feel like in, in commonplace basketball, there have been more dependencies on three ball. There's been more dependency on being able to handle the ball at any position, whether you play point guard or whether you're playing center. So I feel I feel like we're kind of drifting away from that traditional set of basketball. Yeah, it's it positionless. Yeah, well, it's becoming positionless. So it's like it makes these conversations of who are the best top five point guards in the league even more complicated because it depends on how you define that position of point guard. So I've, I've just done a different podcast that I do. Um, where we were once a week we dive into a specific player and this week it was Lonzo Ball and the argument I got into on that episode was Lonzo Ball is a point guard from 10 years ago basically he's a pass first point guard that is his whole job is to feed other guys to initiate the offense via passing he's not a ball handler he's not really a dribble drive threat he sets guys up as a quarterback and then he plays defense. And it kind of fits into what you're saying that in the modern day era of basketball where everything's positionless, guys that can only do A and B 
are being left behind because you've got somebody like Gordon Hayward, who plays the forward, that can do A, B, C, D, and E. He can dribble, he can drive, he can pass, he can shoot, he can defend. And that's the way the league's going at the moment now. But at the same time, you still have room on your team for specialists. Yeah, and I think that's really where the league needs to go, I think, in order to move forward. And there are certain teams that go against the grain when it comes to that mindset where you have a more traditional style. Like the Grizzlies used to do this for the longest time, and we just saw that era end of the grit and grind basketball. But that was commonplace in the NBA for years. Ugly, like smash mouth basketball. That is what it was for a long time. And now we're seeing a more of this necessary. They had specialists. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They had Mike Conley, who was a defensive specialist. They had Mark Gasol, that was a defensive specialist. Uh, and that's one of the things that I, I really want to still see happen in the league is have teams play differently. I don't want to see a league just of every team going small and playing five out or every team going four out and just shooting freeze everywhere. I still like seeing teams that you know, play inside out instead of outside in and having that diversity because those are where the matchups gets made and matchups make games. If everybody's just playing out on the perimeter and you just have the occasional dribble drive, everyone collapses and there's a kick out and then there's a shot, it becomes so repetitive that it'd lose its appeal. And it, it grinds to a halt too, in a lot of ways, because there's no there's no signifiers, there's no difference makers there's no deciding factors in a game it's the same reason why teams like golden state were so good the golden state's run was defined by the fact that they had a guy at every position that could hit the three ball that could handle the basketball that could drive and put the ball up and they had guys who specifically if they needed a bucket late in the game that they could just go to bang they've got a three ball you know okay they got a ball in transition okay they're able to get it inside still make it work. I'm still convinced that you can make any play style in the NBA work, <laughs> maybe outside the triangle, just because the Knicks have turned that into an abomination for over the past few years. But I think, I think you're right in the sense that I don't, I don't want the league to go in, in the same direction. It's the same reason why a team like the Houston Rockets are going super small. And up until we had, you know, the suspension of play in the league, it was working for them to to a crazy degree. Going against the grain is only going against the grain until other teams pick up on it and they try to mimic it and try to copy it. And then another team might also try and fly in the face of the league in terms of how teams are strategizing. And that's also what makes the league so good is because a team might go ahead and play a style that is not currently popular with the league or not currently Know, being utilized in the way that it used to be, and they're making it work and they're getting wins. So speaking in terms of team construction, everything like that, it's why versatility is so important because if you're able to play different styles of basketball, the better chances that you're able to go into a matchup and say, hey, we got to go against Giannis tonight. He's going to crush us in the paint. Okay, well, how are you going to play him? And that's really where the beauty comes because, as you said, it's all coming down to matchups, especially with the, the way that the league might come back right now. We might not see the rest of the league. We might not see the rest of the season. It might just go right into the playoffs. And if that's the case, then it's okay. Well, who do you have in the first round? Okay, well, you've got to go against Giannis. Okay, you've got to go against Embiid and Simmons. How are you going to defend that? 
And that's really where teams separate themselves from each other. How you're able to defend a specific player, how you're able to go out there and make the most of a situation versus just folding to the pressure. It's it's a good argument. I kind of want to open this up to one of the community calling episodes to see what other people think on this. For sure. Let's do it. That ends this episode simply because at this point it's late and I need to edit this. Um, there will be another episode on Wednesday. We're going to get back into the swing of doing three a week again now. We've kind of, it's all kind of time to get our lives in order as well. Everybody, we're aware that everybody had a big upheaval with what's happened over the last few weeks. We hope that you're all staying safe. You're washing your hands, that nobody has been too affected by this in terms of, you know, jobs or economy or more importantly that everybody, all of their loved ones are safe and well. We will be back again on Wednesday. I've got a confirmed guest for that. That's going to be super cool. We're really excited about that. So if you're listening now, make sure you tune in Wednesday. And then we'll be back back again on Friday too. Stay safe. Keep yourself occupied. Tweet at us if you're playing 2K and you want to run some My Team against us. We're happy to do that when we've got the time. If you're watching some movies that we've recommended, hit us up. If you want to recommend movies to us, definitely hit us up because you know we're locked in too. And, um, we'll, <laughs> and we'll, we'll catch you again on Wednesday, guys. Thank you for listening. So, Cheers, everybody. We are open to suggestions, so <laughs> feel free. <laughs>